together. He don't let hundreds of women walk through his revolving door for a day or two. But then all he do is complain about Donetta, his ex-wife who he ain't been married to now going on six years. So most of them don't come back. For years, I fell for his mess. Will lend him my Mary Kay money, even pawn my wedding ring once so he could pay his child support. But then it started to dawn on me that the only time he called is when he wants something. So I stopped accepting the charges. I love Lewis. Would give him my last breath. Lord knows I don't want nothing bad to happen to him, but Lewis got problems I can't solve. It's some things love can do, and it's some things it can't do. I can't save him. Hell, I'm trying to figure out how to save myself. Now, Charlotte, she's a bull, all right. And I wish I didn't feel like this, but I do. Half the time, I can't stand her. I don't know how her husband can tolerate her ass either. I feel sorry for Al, really. He's one of them pussy-whipped, henpeck kind of husbands, but try to pretend like he's Superman in front of company. Everybody knows Charlotte is a bossy wench from the word go. We ain't spoke this time going on four months. I think the record is five or six. I can't remember. But hell, all I did was tell her she needed to spend more time at home with them kids, and she went off. When was the last time you worked full-time, took care of three kids and a husband, ran a household, and three laundromats, Mama, huh? Never, I said. So how can you sit there on your high horse telling me what you think I should be doing? I heard Tiffany got expelled, and Monique is running her mouth so much in class that she might be next. Who told you this, Janelle? With a big mouth. I know it. I just know it. Well, first of all, it ain't true. It is true, and it's your fault for not being there to keep their behinds in line. Mama, you know what? I'm so tired of your sarcastic remarks, I don't know what to do. You never have nothing nice to say about my kids. That's bullshit, and you know it. It ain't bullshit. When they do something good, then I'll have a reason to say something nice. See? That's what I mean. Has Dingus thrown a touchdown pass lately? And what about your darling Shawnice? Did she get straight A's again? Go ahead and throw it in my face. I can use some more good goddamn news today. You better watch your mouth. I'm still your mother. Then don't call me until you start acting like a mother and a grandmother to my kids. And bam, she hung up. This ain't the first time she done slammed the phone down in my face or talked to me in that nasty tone. It hurts and cuts into me deep, but I refuse to give her the satisfaction of knowing how bad she makes me feel. Charlotte came too quick. Ten months after Paris, I did not need another baby so soon, and I think she knew it. She wanted all my attention then and still do. She ain't never forgiven me for having Louis and Janelle, and she made sure I knew it. Now, all my kids is taller than average and as good-looking as they come and as dark as you can get, and I spent what I felt was a whole lot of unnecessary time and energy teaching them to appreciate the color of their skin, to not be ashamed of it. I used to tell them that the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice, because everybody knew back then being yellow with long wavy hair meant she was automatically fine, which was bullshit. But here it is, 1994, and there's millions of homely yellow women with long straggly hair running around still believing that lie. Anyway, no matter what I did or said to make my kids feel handsome and proud, Charlotte was the only one who despised her color. Never mind that she was the prettiest of the bunch. She was the type of child you couldn't praise enough, always wanted more. But hell, I had three other kids. And I had to work overtime to divide up my energy and time. What was left, I gave to Cecil. Where's my lunch? I know this ain't no hotel, but a person could starve to death in this hospital. Would you look at that? It's raining like cats and dogs, and here it is, March. This weather in Vegas has sure changed over the years. I wish they would turn that damn air conditioning down. My nose is frozen. I can't even feel my toes no more.
I hope I ain't dead and just don't know it. Anyway, it ain't my fault that right after we left Chicago and moved to California, Charlotte didn't like it and put up such a fuss that we sent her ass back to live with my dingy sister Susie May. She forgot to tell me and Susie May she was damn near four months pregnant when I put her on the train. Young girls sure know how to hide a baby when they want to, and I'm a hard person to fool. But Charlotte snuck and got married and wasn't until another two months had passed when Susie May come calling me saying, you could send your daughter a wedding present or at least a package of diapers for the baby. With so much going on, college slipped her mind altogether. She got that job at the post office and worked so much overtime, I don't know when they found time to make anything except money, but somehow they managed to generate three more kids. Is that a real-life nurse coming in here carrying a tray? Yum, yum, yum. More baby food. Who can swallow when you got a tube going down your throat and through your nose? I done already had two breathing treatments since this morning. What's she want now? Nothing. All she do is look up at the numbers on those machines and then smile at me. Comfortable, she asked, and I shake my head no. Since she know good and damn well I can't hardly mumble, but she just kind of curtsy and say, good, then turn around and walk out. If I was able to open my mouth, I'd say, huzzy, I'm hungry as hell, cold as hell, and I could sure use a stiff drink, but I can't talk. And Lord knows I'm scared, because I'm still here in ICU, and I'm bored, and I want to go home, even though I know ain't nobody there waiting for me. Cecil been gone since the first of the year, but I don't feel like thinking about his old ass right now. That's why I'm glad I got kids. Now, Paris is the oldest, and just the opposite of Charlotte. Never gave me no trouble to speak of. And even though you love the ones that come afterwards, that first one will always be something special. At the time, I was 16 and watched too many movies, which is how I got it in my mind that one day I was going to Paris and become a movie star like Dorothy Dandridge or Lena Horne, and I'd wear long, flowing evening gowns and sleep in satin pajamas. I wanted to speak French because Paris, France seemed like the most romantic place in the world, and back then I craved romance something fierce. But I didn't expect it to come in the form it came in, Cecil. By the time I married Cecil and got pregnant, or I should say by the time I got pregnant and married Cecil, I knew the chances of me ever getting on an airplane going anywhere was slim to zero, so I named my daughter after the place I'd probably never see. I made two mistakes. Married the first man who was nice to me, who showed me some unfiltered attention and gave me endless pleasure in bed. But because of my particular kind of ignorance, my second major mistake was dropping out of high school at 16 to have a baby. It wasn't until five or six years down the road when I was watching Casablanca on TV one night that I had to ask myself if I really loved Cecil. Would I go this far for him? Long before Humphrey and Ingrid even made it to the airport, I knew the answer to that question was no. What I felt back then was comfortable, not comfort, just comfortable. There was no guesswork to our lives. But over the years, all of it melted and turned into some kind of love. That much I do know. Ain't never been no burning fires, just a low, steady flame. Parashot don't know how to pick no man. Everyone she ever loved has something wrong with him. Nathan, that's my grandson's daddy, scores very high on this test. She loved too hard. Her heart is way too big, and she's too generous. To put it another way, she's a fool. Ain't nothing worse than a smart fool. And she's smart, all right. Got her own catering company. Well, there's more to it than just cooking and dropping the stuff off in those little silver trays with flames underneath. No siree. First of all, 
you need some real money if you want to eat Paris's food because she's expensive as hell. Say you're having a big party, not just your regular weekend type of bash. I mean the kind you see in movies like The Godfather Part 1, for example. When the food don't look real or too good to eat and you're too scared to touch it, give her a theme, she'll cook around it. Give her a country, she'll transform your house. Anyway, she got class and she got it from my side of the family. She's been in the San Francisco newspaper and I think the L.A. Times, too. Been on a few of them morning talk shows where she pretended to cook something in a minute that she really made the night before. One of the local TV stations asked her about doing her own cooking show, but like a fool, she said no because she said she had enough on her plate. Food must run in our family. Me and her daddy opened our first barbecue joint, which we named The Shack, 15 years ago. But Vegas ain't the same no more. With all the violence and gangs and drugs and kids not caring one way or the other that you the same color as them while they robbing you at gunpoint and can't look you in the eye because you probably favor somebody they know. We had to close two down and ain't got but one left. Para stopped cooking like us years ago. She think our kind of food kill people. In spite of all the money she make in that big house her and my favorite grandson Dingus live in, yes, I said favorite, she ain't happy. What Paris need ain't in no cookbook or no house. She needs a man quick and in a hurry, and Dingus need a daddy he can touch. The day before I got here, Paris had called the house, and after leaving three messages on my answering machine and she didn't hear from me, she called emergency and they told her that I was in here. And of course, she was all set to hop on an airplane, but I grabbed that doctor's arm and shook my head back and forth so many times I got the spins. He told her I'd probably be home in three or four days, that I was almost out of the danger zone, that if I kept improving, they would move me to a regular room on Thursday, which is tomorrow. And if my breathing test is at least 